This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has the trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now, and um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec, and it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished, and I just... I'm very sold on Community Matters, and with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Anissa Starnes. A lot of you may know Anissa. She is certainly no stranger to the chamber industry. She started her chamber career 32 years ago and has worked for and with Chambers of Commerce since that day. She is passionate about helping to recruit and retain strong talent for the industry and helping chambers strengthen their programs of work and revenue. You may know her as a faculty member of the U.S. Chamber Institutes for Organization Management, where she educates on board governance, revenue generation, and all things related to chamber success. Anissa has been retained for over 25 executive searches and has spoken in front of more than 35,000 people evangelizing on marketing, storytelling, and the importance of work-life harmony. Anissa, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Great. Thank you, Brandon. I certainly appreciate you having me here with you and your audience today. And it's a pleasure to be here with you. And um, as far as something interesting, gosh, uh, the first thing that just popped into my mind is because I was telling the story yesterday, I actually ran a full marathon, a 26.2 marathon before I ever ran a 5K. So I went big from the very beginning. Uh, I ended up doing four full marathons and then backed it down to half marathons and then 5Ks. Um, But I just decided to set that goal for myself and went big from the beginning. And it's taught me a lot of life life lessons as far as uh, setting goals and training for them. And I've always said, once you run a marathon, it really takes the word can't out of your vocabulary. So it's something I'm pretty proud of. Yeah. So I don't use the word can't with it, but I've been a runner for probably the better part of 15 years, but I just have no desire to run a full marathon. (laughs) I didn't either, Brandon. I really, I kind of got tricked into it for a 
uh, charity fundraising and I never loved it. It was for me all about the goal and the medal at the end and the cold beer when you can celebrate, but uh, certainly never loved it either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Done the half marathons and I'll do that, but the full, I'm, I just, I have no interest. So yeah. congratulations. I knew, if I, did, <laughs> I knew if I did a half first, I would never do the full because then, you know, you have to double it. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> so it's all about the mindset, right? So that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, and at this point, I usually will ask the guests that I have on to tell us about their chamber, size, staff, budget. Um, rather than do that, how about you just give us kind of how you got to where you are now in your career and working with chambers? What does that look like? Yeah. And what's your involvement been, you know, from 32 years ago when you started to now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been on staff at four different chambers, all in the Carolinas. I started my career at the Charlotte chamber where I live now and is my home. Um, stayed there for almost 10 years and then moved to a chamber just a little south of Charlotte and then to two other chambers in the Carolinas. I took a break uh, during that time and was the CEO of a nonprofit called Girls on the Run International, which is headquartered here in Charlotte and is a self um, empowerment program for girls third through eighth grade. But even when I was with Girls on the Run, I was still teaching at Institute and still very involved with Chambers and went on to uh, work for about eight years at Constant Contact, where I've probably met a lot of your listeners uh, through my work at Constant Contact and their Chamber Management Program. And uh, loved that. And then Constant Contact was purchased and bought out. So our division went away and went out on my own at that time and became a consultant. And so um, I've been here, there and everywhere, but always around, in and around chamber work. And uh, a year ago, a year ago, March 1st, actually, I joined YGM Total Resource Campaign. Many of your listeners know Jason Eby, who's the, the founder and president and CEO of YGM. And he and I have been friends for many years and have talked about working together. And we finally jumped off and did it a year ago. And it's been a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, uh, but it's working out for us. That is fantastic. Um, how did you get your start, your introduction to the chamber? Oh, gosh, everybody has one of those great stories right. Right, where right. we didn't even know what a chamber was when we got there. But my sister worked for an employment agency and needed somebody to work six weeks, a temporary assignment while someone was on maternity leave. And I did not even know what a chamber was. When I got there, I was the assistant to the assistant to the president and CEO, okay. and my job was to help plan the annual meeting. And when I say help plan, I use that loosely. Uh, my job was to get the name tags in the name tag holders, basically. And um, But the person did not come back to work from her leave, and I was offered a job supporting the membership department and thought I would stay there for, you know, a year or two until I decided what was next in my life. And I've never left. So, yeah. you know, it, uh, I had a great mentor in Carol Gray, who was my first chamber CEO, who eventually, you know, saw something in me and sent me to Institute and uh, really mentored me into the fact that it could actually be a lucrative career. And I fell in love with it, like so many people that are in the industry today. And so I've, I've just, 
you know, kind of stuck with it. I love that. Um, and what a, a happy coincidence or a placement or whatever you want to call it. I'm glad that you got placed to, to work at that Me chamber on a temporary assignment. It, it's Me made too. off very I well. Every day. That's right. So as we uh, wanted to introduce our, our topic for discussion today, and very loosely, um, we're going to be talking about chamber industry success. And that can mean a whole lot of different things. We can take a lot of different angles to that. But just to give an idea, um, some of the things that we'll touch on in our conversation today is um, recruiting and retaining chamber staff, um, being more career ready, fighting burnout, um, the importance of having a personal board, avoiding mission drift, and also the importance of uh, finding the funding through strategic partnerships to uh, create those opportunities. And we will dive into this discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. Howdy, it's Donna Novitsky here, CEO of Yifty. Fun fact about local businesses. Did you know that small businesses employ 57% of the U.S.'s non-government workforce? Many of these small businesses are your chamber members. We are here to help you help them. As you heard last week, we do digital gift cards for 500-plus communities, and we call them community cards. Our chamber partners get a custom gift card branded for you that works exclusively in your member stores. The program is free for you and free for your members. We even give you reports so you can tell them how much business you brought them. Sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. 
All right, Anissa, we are back from our break. Um, so we have a lot of things that we'll touch on in this episode, and I imagine it'll go at a pretty quick tempo. But as we start off, um, why don't you touch on some of the, the recruiting and retaining? What are some of those things that chamber staff should be looking for in that arena towards having a successful chamber and just success in the industry? Sure. I think first and foremost is attitude. You know, I, I have been so blessed to have such great mentors my entire career and more than one have shared with me, you know, look for the attitude. You can train the experience, but chamber work is not something you go to a four-year school and necessarily can learn all of the ins and outs. So looking for that right person that's going to bring that positive attitude and that willingness to do whatever it takes every day. Because as we all know, when you get to work, no matter what your title is, you never know what's going to happen to you that day and and what your responsibilities are going to be. So having that positive attitude is just key to success. Absolutely. Um, I think that is a, a huge factor to, to pay attention to as you're looking to hire somebody, but also anybody listening who's already in their chamber role, just pay attention to your attitude, pay attention to how you're responding to members and, and staff and your board and volunteers. The attitude really, um, it can go a long ways. <laughs> Absolutely, it can. Uh, let's let's touch on being career ready. What are some things that the chamber staff can do to be ready for their career, but also to help advance and, and further develop in their career? Yeah, I think this this would be a tip for everyone, whether you are entry level, just getting started in a position at the chamber, or whether you're already a president and CEO, is to keep your resume updated. You know, so many people don't start doing that until they're looking for their next role. And it's so much easier to keep it fresh and updated, even if it's not in a format where you can share at least keeping a ongoing list of all of your successes. Um, we don't often think of ourselves and, and share our successes so easily because we're taught to put the volunteers out there, but we have successes as chamber staff. So keeping an ongoing list, however you do that, whether it's in a spreadsheet or in a, a legal pad in your desk, whatever works for you, but making sure that you keep up with all of your professional development, what conferences you attend, what courses you take, what sessions you lead, um, all of your, your increase in your membership, your increase in your budget, all of your successes, just keeping a running list of it. That goes a long way in helping to build your resume. But also when you go to apply for your CCE, through ACCE, the Certified Chamber Exec, or either your CAE through ASAE. That sounds like an awful lot of letters, but um, it, it helps keep that when you go to apply, that you have that all at your fingertips to be able to track and look back at all of the things you've done so that it makes it easier to not only apply for one of those certifications, but also to put it on your resume. Yeah. So maybe you could touch on the, and I love the, all those tips about uh, staying organized to have your, your resume ready and at your fingertips. Um, as far as the career readiness and advancement, um, can you speak to a little bit about when a chamber professional maybe needs to look at making a change, maybe looking at another community to move to? Because I know you get yeah. so vested in one community 
you almost feel like you're betraying them, right? If you leave and, and go somewhere Absolutely. else. So help, you know, through that mindset and, and that struggle, that internal battle that somebody may have. Well, I certainly, and that's a great question, Brandon, because I've certainly seen some people that think they've stayed too long and then think they can't make a move. And I don't think that's ever the case. I think you can um, make a move and you know when you're ready to start looking at it, but also keeping in mind that you have to keep yourself and your family at the forefront of that, that uh, everybody else is doing that. Your board's going to expect you to do it. So keeping in mind with what your goals are and knowing what your goals are, um, if you eventually want to lead a metro chamber, then you probably need to put some steps in place. You know, if you're at a much smaller chamber, um, for instance, I mentioned Carol Gray, my first uh, president and CEO. He told me, you know, once I said I want to make this a career, he said, you have to start planning to leave. And I didn't really understand that at a, a young age. Um, but he helped me see that I was going to have to leave a metro chamber, go to a much smaller chamber in order to move up. And, you know, looking at what that meant to me and what type of uh, community I wanted to live in and my family, um, just knowing what those goals are and putting some steps into place is, is huge towards that. But, yeah, I think everybody um, has to look out for yourself. And sometimes we're not so good at that. We look at look out for others first and um, making those moves. You kind of, your gut will tell you, I've always been a, a, a good listener of my gut, but it tells you when it's time to start putting some steps into place to make that, that next move. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard for these servant leaders to think about themselves, right? To, Absolutely. to think about the next step for themselves. But this may even bring us to the, the next point of, of fighting burnout, because I think sometimes that gut feeling is, gee, I'm really getting burned out here in my current situation. Let me see if it's time to move, time to look on. Um, is that a factor to bring into it or how can they address um, the burnout issue as a chamber yeah. exec or, or even chamber staff? Because it, it seems like the clock never turns off, right? You're always seem to be on. Oh, gosh, we would need a whole week to talk about this because I've certainly lived it and been through it and have talked about it for the last couple of years. And and um, it, it's it's something our industry faces for sure every day. Uh, I wish I could remember who who I can attribute this to that shared this with me years ago. But they said, never send an email, never write on social when you're upset and never quit your job when you're having a bad day because tomorrow is likely to be a really good day. And so burnout, we've certainly, just like every industry, we have lost a lot of good people over the last couple of years, because since COVID, I, I would go out on a limb and say that chamber professionals have worked harder these last three years than ever in the history of chambers. They were called on to do things that nobody else before them had ever been called on to do and, and to um, take the brunt of, of, or the responsibility rather of taking care of the business community at large in a big way. And so even before that we saw burnout, but we certainly have seen it the last couple of years. And I would push back on the, you're always on. And I, I do push back on that a Good. lot. I'm glad you with, do. <laughs> yeah. I push back on that with, with professionals all the time. When I hear them say it's a 24 seven job, 365. Um, you know, chamber folks are doing a critically important job, but it is not 
the end of the world. It's not if, if they take a day off. Um, I've heard somebody say, you know, we're not curing cancer. I wish we were, but we're not. What we're doing is very, very important work, but not as important as taking care of ourselves and putting our families first. And it's still going to be there whether we take a week off or two weeks off, um, take a sabbatical, come back even stronger. Um, I, I owe my entire career and that I'm sitting here talking to you today because uh, I had a president and CEO that that saw I was burnt out and said, hey, you're going to go take some time off and I'm going to pay you for it, but you're going to go take a few weeks off and come back stronger. And I thought he had lost his mind because <laughs> I wanted to just keep plugging along and I was too important to be missed. So I thought, um, and I, I, I really think I would have ended up quitting and going somewhere else had he not given me that time. And, uh, we've just got to take care of ourselves first. And it's, you know, that, that analogy of putting on your own oxygen mask first, before you put your, put it on your community and your members, um, it's, it's so true, but yeah, it's, uh, we can do our job and chamber professionals can do their job just as effectively, if not more so when they take time to take care of themselves first. Right. I actually just got back from a, a week long cruise and I chose awesome. to not buy the internet package. Marvin. So I was forcing <laughs> myself for a week to be totally disconnected. And to be honest, it was a gift to my wife for our anniversary. She's like, I see all the distractions. I just need you for a week. So That's it awesome. was fantastic. Awesome. So I would totally encourage a, a cruise with no internet to uh, anybody listening, but also lean on your staff, lean on your volunteers, lean on your board to help pick up some of those pieces. It doesn't need to all be on your shoulders. And if you can properly, you know, work with them and as a leader to work with them, you should be able to take some time off and have the confidence that your team is going to keep things going while you're away. Otherwise, well, and I would, I would add to that too, Brandon, that uh, CEOs are sometimes really good at telling their staff to do it. And then they're not doing it themselves and staff, staff watch the leaders and they emulate what they see. And uh, so I would encourage not only the staff members to do it, but the CEOs themselves, because it's just critical. And we have we have some chambers now in the network that are doing a really good job of it. And COVID has helped, uh, fortunately, kind of break away from those old traditionals. And I've seen a lot of chambers um what's the word I'm looking for, uh, actually revise their entire uh, operations manual to give more vacation days. I see chambers now, some going to unlimited vacation days as long as the metrics are met. So there's some cool new things happening out there that people have modified their their um, employee manuals to make sure that that we're taking care of our teams. Yeah, I love that. So important. Um Another important thing that I see is the importance of having a personal board of directors for yourself. Talk to us about that. What, what does that mean from your perspective? And, and yeah. we have some thoughts as well. Well, it's one of the things I learned at Institute that wasn't in a classroom setting. It happened just over, you know, dinner one night. Somebody said, do you have a personal board? And I said, what does that even mean? Yes, I have a board of directors. And they said, no, who are your personal board? Who are the people you trust the most to tell you the truth? 
um, whether you need to look in the mirror, do things differently, who are people who are going to not just tell you what you need to hear, but provide you input um, based on, on what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Doesn't have to be a big group. It can be four or five people. It doesn't even have to be people in your same industry, but people that you respect, that you look up to, that you want to emulate um, and use them. It doesn't do you any good to have them if you don't actually use them, whether that doesn't have to be a monthly meeting by any means, but people that you can just pick up the phone and call and say, hey, this is what I'm facing. And I think I know what I need to do, but let me run it by you and be willing to listen to what they have to say. But um, I'm very, very fortunate that I have a, a great board of directors personally, and I know that they won't tell me just what I want to hear, that they're going to be honest and open with me. And um, that has really helped guide me throughout my career, both personally and professionally. Yeah, no, that is so good. I'm part of a, a small, we call it a mastermind. So it's our own little personal board that we can do that. You know, we can have honesty, bounce ideas off each other, say, here's a, a problem I'm facing right now. And be able to get some ideas where you're thinking more than just your own thoughts and be able to get a little more clarity on things. In fact, a while ago, I had um, uh, Betty Capistani on the, on the podcast yeah. and she referred to, to her board as her kitchen cabinet. Absolutely. And I loved it. You know, you're, you're in your kitchen oftentimes when you're on a zoom call with them or a phone call and uh, it's just that personal to her and the, the friendships that develop out of it are just amazing. So absolutely. Um. So let's uh, touch a little bit on mission drift. I think that can also play into the burnout side of things, but uh, having that clear focus on mission, uh, what can chambers do to, to avoid that, that drift from away from their mission? Well, you know, this, this might be an um, unpopular opinion, uh, the way I'm going to say it, but in some ways, I think COVID was one of the best things to ever happen to the chamber industry. Um, certainly not COVID and the pandemic itself and, and how it negatively affected the world. But um, what it did do is it gave the chamber industry a time to stop doing what we've always done and look at things differently. And I've seen a lot of chambers change their program of work since COVID um, and have stopped saying yes to everything. And chambers for so long have been the catch-all of everything in the community of, well, we need somebody to do this. Well, let's give it to the chamber. They can do it. And the chamber has historically said yes to a lot of those things. And what I've seen now is chambers are, have moved the other way to saying, does that fit our mission? And if the answer is no, then we're saying no to doing it. We might support it. We might assist with it, but we're not going to lead it. And so I think it's critical that chambers really know what their mission is and stick to that and let that be the, the beacon that, that leads them um, to, to saying yes or saying no when asked to take something on and building the program of work around their mission. And there's nothing wrong in the world with chambers doing events and um, programs that you know, they create and, and that they want to be non-dues revenue generators, but everything chambers do should fit their mission. And I'm starting to see that that a lot more chambers are have been kind of eye open to that of 
um, you know, let's stop saying yes all the time and, and making sure it makes sense for the organization. Right. And look at some of those other C's, right? You can be that, right. that convener to bring those ideas and present them to another organization who might be better fitted, better suited to take it. And you can still be a champion for that event or that whatever that initiative is, but just not the main driving champion of it and, sure. uh, and still be supportive. So a, a no doesn't have to be a no completely, I guess is, right. is what we're getting at. All right. So now the, the important thing that I know everybody's hanging on to hear about is the funding, you know, creating strategic, um, strategic parts. I can't speak. Creating strategic sponsorship programs to be able to fund these activities that your chamber does. What are, what are some thoughts and maybe some, uh, I don't know, a brainstorm of different ideas that a, yeah. a chamber can explore? Well, one thing that that makes um, my partnership and and me going to work with YGM um, so much fun is it's really been refreshing for me to see the change on that side of things. I started my career, as I mentioned, in membership, and I was one of the first, I think second, Charlotte was the second chamber to ever do a total resource campaign after Atlanta. And I went kicking and screaming to to transition from a membership campaign over to a total resource campaign. Um, And total resource campaigns, TRCs for short, have changed so much over the years, um, thankfully to YGM, who really has a strong business model. And, And I would say this, if I was not working with YGM right now, it's why I've always been a fan of their work is, uh, it's looking at sponsorships differently. We really don't even use the word sponsorship. We use business opportunities and advertising opportunities. It's a way to engage members that might only pay their dues every year, but otherwise never show up, never engage. They they support the chamber by their membership, but that's it. And presenting the opportunities in a way that engages the member and puts them in a position to partner and to sponsor um, events and programs and initiatives that they really believe in, it just heightens their their awareness and heightens their um, public um, the public's view of their company by partnering with a program initiative or an event that they believe in. So um, there's a lot of money being left on the table we see with chambers because. A lot of chambers develop their sponsorships based on what they've always done. Like, for instance, I was on a chamber website yesterday and I saw they had this fantastic event. It was a women's event, but their sponsorships levels were 1000 for the top, 750 500 and 250 And when I went back and looked at years before, their sponsorship levels were the exact same. And we all know we're paying more every day when we go to the store, to the gas pump, whatever. Chambers are paying more now for their catering, their signage, their venues, um, but they haven't looked at what they're charging their members to make sure that they're not only covering their cost, but they're making the non-dues revenue they should be making on these sponsorships. So just taking a look and evaluating your sponsorship levels making sure that the deliverables match the dollar that you're charging and looking at it with a fresh set of eyes is huge. Um, There's so much opportunity there for chambers to uh, start with a clean, fresh 
sheet of paper and develop their sponsorship opportunities and then sell them, whether you do it through a TRC or whether you're doing it with a staff-driven marketing execution, whatever it is, just um, evaluating what you're offering and making sure that the levels match the deliverables that you're agreeing to give. Absolutely. So a lot of people know that I got into chamber industry, you can say through chamber publishing. So I see, you know, I I often joke about feeling like a bartender as I would go out and meet with chamber members about advertising. And there would be a sense of guilt of, you know, I I joined the chamber two years ago or three years ago. All I ever do is pay my dues because I can't make it to the luncheons. You know, I'm, I'm busy. I can't make it to the after hours. I can't do these things. But I I like the chamber, I like the work they're involved with, I like their mission, I want to support it. And they see that advertising as a way, it's an avenue to accomplish those things. It's a a way to be supportive of the chamber without being at all the things. So as you're talking about sponsorship and business opportunities, I'm just a, a second witness, you can say that there are businesses out there that are ready and willing to give your organization money because they believe in what you're doing but they don't see that clear path right now as to what that best avenue would be. Absolutely. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, Well, Anissa, this has been great. Uh, We're not done yet though. So I'd like to ask if you might have a tip or an action item for chambers that are listening who would like to take their chamber up to the next level, what would you suggest? This is going to give some listeners heartburn, I'm afraid if I say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Saying no, saying no to being asked to serve on yet another committee, saying no to taking on a new event that someone in the community thinks is a great idea, saying no to taking on more work that doesn't fit your mission. Um, Saying no once you learn how is a lot easier than you think it is. And you really don't have to give a whole lot of explanation as to why you're saying no, but just saying no, that the timing is not right for us or no, we don't think that's in our mission or no, I don't have the bandwidth to do that. Whatever that is, um, I get asked a lot by new execs, what is the number one thing you think I should do in my first six months as a new executive? My answer is always say no to joining everything you're asked to join. Because as a new CEO or as an existing CEO, um, really even as, as chamber staff, we get asked to participate in everything because we know everybody, we know everything, they think, um, and, and they want us on their boards. They want us in Rotary. They want us here, there, and everywhere. And that first six months, um, and really even after, if your bandwidth is, is full, just saying, no, I can't take that on right now, um, will go a long way towards helping with the burnout. Uh, the first six months, first of all, should be spent getting your own house in order and learning the the business of of the chamber where you are. If you're new, if you're an existing staff member or CEO, um, you know, just you want to give 110% on any board you sit on. And you really can't do that if you're serving eight to 10 boards. 
and doing a disservice, I think, to those that you do say yes to if you're over committing. Um, so saying no, I think, is is something hard for most of us to learn. But once we do, uh, it, it really can help a lot in going a long way towards um, helping you stay stay focused on on the task at hand. Yeah. And I like the the simple response you said, just no, I don't have the bandwidth right now. Because really you don't owe an explanation to everybody, but you know, there's going to be some expectation on their end. Like, well, why are you telling me no? And that's a simple yeah. enough without getting into the weeds as to why it doesn't align with your mission or whatever. Just yeah. it, it, I just don't have the bandwidth right now. And that that should yeah. be sufficient. Um so I, I always like asking everybody, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Gosh, I've seen so much change over the last couple of years that I think is a positive change. ACCE has been instrumental in, in leading this in the industry, but um keeping chambers on track again with the mission. And we've talked a lot about that today, but I am seeing chambers take on um, some really audacious programming and initiatives that years ago we wouldn't have touched with a 10 foot pole, whether that's, you know, workforce development, childcare issues, um, you know, social justice issues. I'm seeing chambers really take on the big stuff and, it, it is making chambers even more relevant than they've always been. And, it, you know, it's it's easy to show the value to the business community of what a chamber of commerce membership can do for you. You know, years ago, um, we used to tell everybody and anybody that's listening that's been here, you know, in the chamber work more than 10 years has certainly probably used this of, you know, the chamber is just like a gym membership. You have to go and you have to show up and put on your shoes and get on the treadmill. So you have to be on a committee. You have to show up at an event. And that is not true anymore. We should never say that. Um, Chambers are working for the business community every single day, whether you show up or not. So if you do have someone that says, I can't be on a committee, I can't come to business after hours, I can't, you know, lead a, a task force that's okay. We're working just as hard for you every single day, but we have to be able to tell that story of how we're doing that. We have to wave the flag and say, this is the good stuff we're working on. This is the success we've had. This is where we need your support Um, because chambers are more relevant today than ever, I believe. And a lot of great work is being done in communities and, um, I I just it's an exciting time to be a part of the chamber community because chambers have seen it. They've they've started making those changes. They've stopped doing some of the events they've always done just to make two thousand dollars. They're putting their resources, both monetary and human resources, towards uh, things that are really making an impact. So uh, I just believe it to my soul that that chambers are making more of an impact today than ever. Well, they're doing the work that's making the impact. And the funding is available to drive it too. So instead Absolutely. of just driving, like you, the example you gave of exerting all these resources to get $2,000 in return, you can be involved in much more important and meaningful work. And there's businesses willing to, to support that financially to help drive it. 100% agree. Yeah. Well, Anissa, this has been great. I really appreciate you joining us here on Chamber Chat Podcast today. I'd like to 
give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who may not be connected with you already, what would right. be the best way for them to, to reach out and connect with you? Thank you for that opportunity. And if anybody's listening that knows me, you know, I love social media. So um, absolutely connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, but certainly my email is Anissa, A-N-I-S-S-A at YGMTRC.com. Good deal. We will get that in the show notes, both you know links to your social media accounts and your email. So Anyone listening who's on the treadmill or out running a marathon right now while they're listening, <laughs> <laughs> they can check those show notes and they get back. But Anissa, I really do appreciate you setting aside some time and, and going through all these uh, really powerful topics, I think, that all lead to chamber industry success. So thank you for doing that and, and spending time with us today. Thank you, Brandon. And thank you for all you do for the industry. You've had some um, great podcasts. I've always enjoyed listening and thank you for all you do. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a Chamber Podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.